Aisha, mm. you know what we don't talk about enough on our hair on this podcast? Uh, I would imagine dinosaurs, but I feel like you probably have something else on your mind. Movies. You know what? We never talk about movies, do we? Nope. Not at all. Sarcasm. <laughs> you know what's required? It's in the goddamn handbook if you want to talk about movies as like a form of entertainment rather than just like hanging out with your bros. Mm-hmm. It's top ten lists. Shit, we're doing one of those episodes, aren't we? Fuck, yes, we are. This week, guess who has to go first? It's you. Damn it. (laughs) I'm Alicia. I'm Luis. And and we're going to talk about your top ten movies this week. Okay, so I don't have them in any particular order of, like, best to worst. I have them chronologically, just to make it a little easier. Okay. And just talk about, you know, and then just talk about what drew me to them. Okay. Okay. So, first up on the docket is going to be Nausicaa, The Valley of the Wind. Right, I saw that for the first time today. I mean, I've seen parts of it, but I've never seen the whole thing. Yeah, it's like the first fooling anime movie that I saw that I still remember. Uh Uh-huh. That just, it kind of brought me into that world of fantasy. Because I was like, oh shit, like the designs of, you know, the creatures, the ohms and everything like that. And like that weird kind of feel that it gives with the... Their ships and the glider thing, like, yeah, it's just coming out there, and I was just like, wait, you, you can actually make things like this? Yeah, it is pretty unique. I'll give it that. So it just it drew me in. It's cool. When did you see it? Do you remember? Uh, it was like eight to ten. You were eight to ten at some point. Yeah, between the years of eight and ten, around that time, that was the first time I saw it. So yeah, it was interesting. So it it just drew you in because of the imagination that went in behind it. That's cool. Mm -hmm. And the style, like, I've never seen a style like that. It is very unique. Yeah, I'll give it that. Uh, What year did it come out? Do you remember? It came out in 1984. Oh, man. It's older than you? Yeah. Wow. I didn't know that. Mm. Surprised that they even made a film back then. Ooh. Fuck you. (laughs) (laughs) How about that? (laughs) Anyway. So that's the first one. The oldest of the the bunch. Mm Mm-hmm. What's the next one? Next one is going to be The Last Dragon. The Last... Wait, has a song go? Uh, which song? Because there's multiple songs. The, the Last Dragon song. Oh, like the theme song of it? Yeah. You are the last dragon. You possess the power right. of the glow. Oof, you got some amazing singing voice. Dee, That's that... Dee, dee. <laughs> That's that black exploitation movie, right? Like, yes. From the late 80s, I think it is. Yeah. Came okay. out around the same year I was born. It's Barry Gordon's The Last Dragon. So it's like the Motown record label guy. Pretty much giving up his almost love letter to Bruce Lee's Enter the Dragon. Yeah. So it's like paying homage to that. And then, yeah, it has like an all-black cast. Yeah. With the white guy as the villain. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, whatever. <sighs> it, am I wrong in calling it black exploitation? by the way? Did we ever look that up? I don't think we ever looked it up. So, I don't know. I really don't. I mean, it could be considered that because of the cast. Yeah, but if it's, I mean, if it's by a black guy, I, can, yeah. I can't imagine that it's an exploitation of people who are black. You know what I mean? True. I mean, it seems like that would be the definition of well, it. Well, see, the one that falls into the black exploitation movie that is made by a black guy is I'm Gonna Get You Sucker. Oh, that's true. Like, well, that's that a good movie, though. Yeah. There's Keenan Ivory Wayne's directed and starred in it. Yeah. 
and it was him pretty much just throwing out all the tropes of all those fucking like black exploitation movies and shows and shit like that. So and even starring some actors from those kind of movies and shows. Yeah. So anyway, back to the last dragon. Mm-hmm. Let's stay on topic. Let's stay on topic for once. <laughs> why, why will we start now? I don't know. I was just thinking, you know, we've been doing this for, I don't even know how many weeks. 20 something weeks. Something like that. We never stay on topic. Whatever. Oh, we'll start now. We'll start now. <laughs> what was I thinking? How naive of me to believe that we could ever stay on topic. Uh. <laughs> uh, I, I remember this movie almost exclusively for one scene where he's sitting with his family and mm-hmm. he's eating rice with chopsticks. Yes. The, and he's a black guy and yes. his whole family is just looking at him like... Well, they're, they're kind of <laughs> used to it. Except like the little brother. The little brother always gives them shit about yeah. it. And I first saw this when I was about 12, 13. Like little bits and things of it on USA. And I was mm-hmm. like, what the hell is this movie? Because it like... It always happened like the same scene. I would always see like that last scene where the main character Leroy is fighting his fucking his rival, fucking Shonuff, and always be at that part. I'm like, what the fuck? What Shonuff? Like, what is you and your friend D used to say that Shonuff thing back to each other all the fucking time back in the day. Uh, I was just talking about that guy today to my mom. Yeah, was telling her about um, getting pulled over while black. Yeah. She was like, whatever. And I'm like, yeah, you should have seen the guy's face change as soon as he saw that I was white. Mm-hmm. That was fun. That was a fun experience. <sighs> that was a special time. <laughs> anyway. But yeah, this movie just kind of like jumped at me because of like how how 80s and off the wall it was at the same time. Yeah, it was... It had a whole different feel to it. Mm-hmm. I kind of liked it for that. Yeah, I can see why you'd like it. If you haven't seen it, add it to your damn watch list because that movie is, it's worth watching at least once. Yeah. If you hate, like it, hate it, whatever, afterwards, that's fine. But just take the time to see it. Yeah. It's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Anyway, okay. And then next on the list comes up to Spaceballs. Spaceballs? Spaceballs. You mean the Mel... I almost said Mel Gibson. The Mel Brooks homage to the Star Wars trilogy? Yes. Starring that one dude <laughs> with a Jewish princess and, and yogurt. Continue. Great <laughs> <laughs> and they fly around in a Winnebago mm-hmm. in space. Mm-hmm. And then Joan Rivers is there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> totally necessarily. I almost said unnecessarily, but no, no. She needed to be there. And then giant ass hair stuff. <laughs> The blow dryer. Do you remember when they're in the... Okay, anyway. (laughs) (laughs) That's why. I think this was like the first Mel Brooks movie that I've seen. Was it? Yeah, it was the first one that I saw. And it it just had me laughing and cutting up. And it just brought so much joy to me. And I was Uh just like, where can I find more of these? Yes. The first, the first Mel Brooks movie that I ever saw was Mm. Young Frankenstein. And I had the exact same response. That walk this way thing mm. killed me when I saw that for the first. I must have laughed about that for twenty minutes straight. Yeah. It was just the stupidest <laughs> joke that was just so worth it. I think that same part in Robin Hood Men in Tights got me too. Yeah. Just yeah. This thing, walk this way. <laughs> it's a good bit. It's a good <laughs> bit. <laughs> you changed it to Latrine? Yeah, used to be shit house. 
It's a good change. God, Mel Brooks is good change. He's a good director. He's a good writer. He's a good producer. He is a funny, funny man. Is he still alive? Yes, he's still alive. Good. Oh, thank God. <laughs> I couldn't take it if 2016 ended on Mel Brooks dying too. On top of everything don't, don't. else that's happened. Let's let's not jinx that. Come on. He's got he's got to stick around. That man's got too much greatness. Yeah, he had too much greatness for one lifetime. Mm-hmm. Let me tell you. Mm-hmm. And then tied with that, speaking of freaking Robin Hood men in tights and Carrie Yule's The Princess Bride, same year. You're gonna put The Princess Bride in your top ten? I'm gonna 10? put my Princess Bride on my top you ten. Bastard! I was gonna put the freaking. I was gonna put it in my top ten. You I can... even said it during the episode. It was in my top ten. You can go ahead and put it there still. I'm just gonna seem like a copycat. Whatever. That movie is great, and movie for all the great, great for it, all the right reasons, except for that last song. <laughs> Which you sing to me because I hate it so much. What song is that, Alicia? Our love is like a storybook story. This song is dumb and I can't stand it. That's, that's not the lyrics. That's totally the lyrics. No, it's that's, not. that's all I hear whenever and he starts. It's as real as the feelings I feel. Yeah, but I hate that song. It's so stupid. It is so stupid. Our love is Shut like- the I'm gonna murder you! <laughs> a storybook story. I hate you so much. And it's as real as the feelings I feel. Okay, but you're so sweet when you're doing this, but I still hate you for it. Okay, just to be clear. <laughs> okay, that's fine. <laughs> I'm just acknowledging your cuteness while you're being an asshole. You're like a cat. This is the reason why I like you. I've just discovered it. You're like a cat. You just discovered it. <laughs> You do all these things that annoy me, and yet you look so cute while you do it. <laughs> I fucking hate you. <laughs> we did a whole episode on The Princess Bride uh, because we both love that movie so much. Oh, that movie's great. great. It's great. It's such a great fucking movie. Yeah. It's super quotable. Mm-hmm. That was the thing that we were talking about the most. It's because of that. Fucking just the whole wall of Sean's inconceivable. <laughs> Manny Patinkin's looking fantastic performance and still being able to just quote, Hello, my name, name is Nico Montoya. You killed my father, baby. Prepare to die. Yeah, that movie's great. <laughs> it's great. It's great. Uh, after that, it's a it's a toss-up with two fucking great Eddie Murphy <laughs> co-starring Arsenio Hall films. Okay. That's uh, Coming to America, which good came choice. out in 1988. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good choice. And Harlem Nights, which came out in ah, 1989. Great choices. But I think I'm going to give it to Harlem Nights. Okay. Because... Quick. Quick! <laughs> Not just that, but because it had so many, like, great comedians yeah. in there. Like, so many great actors. You got freaking Richard Pryor, Red Fox, Red Fox Della Reese, yeah. Danny Aiello shows up again. Yeah. Like, he showed up in fucking Hudson, Hudson Hawk. Yeah, Eddie Murphy, he fucking, he has his brother, Charlie Murphy, in there as well. Yeah. As well as Arsenio Hall and Miguel Nunez Jr. will uh-huh. show up, too. Yeah. And Miguel Nunez Jr., we saw him again as fucking DJ in Street Fighter. Was he really? Yeah. Oh, man, you just blew my damn mind. <laughs> For our New Year's episode, can we get drunk and try and seven degrees to Kevin Bacon, people? If you want to. But only video game characters? Only video game characters? Yeah, we have to start with video game characters. Okay, how... I see where you're going with this. Uh Uh-huh. I think we should do it. I think we can do it. Okay, New Year's. New Year's. (laughs) Write that down. We're gonna gonna straight up get drunk on here. 
Beers or liquor? We got liquor. I'm just saying. Okay. We ain't need to buy nothing. I'm just saying. Either or is fine. And that's when my drinking problem started. <laughs> that's going to be in my top ten for sure. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I love that movie so much. <laughs> anyway, Harlem Nights. Mm-hmm. Uh, my mom has never seen it. Let me tell you this little anecdote before we move on. Continue. Um, I was over at her house not too long ago, mm. and we were sitting down for a minute, having a break after cleaning some stuff. And uh, Harlem Nights was like just ending, and I was telling her, oh man, you know, this movie's really good. Have you ever seen it? And she goes, no, I've never seen this. And I'm like, you need to. There's this great scene where Della Reese is challenging, what's his name, Eddie Murphy? Mm-hmm. To a fight in the in the alley. Like, she's talking some shit, and he's like, I ain't taking this shit, let's go outside. And she's like, let's go outside then. And then <laughs> he... <laughs> He winds up shooting her in the toe, right? And and she just starts screaming, My pinky toe! My pinky toe! You dirty motherfucker! My pinky toe! And my mom, who is... Uh, something else, starts busting up laughing. I guess she had really a great image of how this looked. Because it's just a funny fucking scene. Mm-hmm. Whenever there's just a little bit of something left in the container... I will always be like, Louis, why is there just a swallow left in the container? Well, swallow it. Shut the fuck up, bitch. <laughs> she really is a sweet old lady, though. <laughs> Those two are like completely relationship goals for us, I think. Which is really sad. I think we're just about there anyway. We're about there. Because we do have those moments where it's just like, you say one thing, I fucking come at you with whatever, and then we're just back the next thing over, just like, so crazy (laughs) what else do you want to talk about Harlem Nights since Uh, Harlem Nights is the one that wins yeah like I said it just has so many it's like generations of comedians just all coming together for this movie and just it works so goddamn well Mm -hmm. I love it because of like those just memorable scenes everybody just bringing their fucking A game in this yeah it's pretty good Mm mhm the story is not bad. The story is not that bad. Like it starts off with freaking. We're not gonna go into it. Okay. If if you're interested in the movie based on our glowing yeah. recommendation, check then it out. Please watch it. It's great. It doesn't need an explanation. It, it sets itself up very well. This is true. As soon as it starts up, it pretty much lets you know what's going on. Yeah, in a very unique form of narration. No, mm. not not unique, but maybe revolutionary is the word that I want. Anyway, what year did they come out in? It came out in 1989. 89, Jesus. Mm-hmm. All right. It was just one of those, one of those things that just got me. Okay. Then after that is going to be coming to our third episode, I believe. TMNT. Mm-hmm. TMNT. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. <laughs> coming right off the hills of the cartoon and such, and then here we got this looking amazing gem coming to theaters and. It just, it fucking just, I can't even put it into words, because it just made me feel so great. The movie's got a really great um, attitude about itself, and about the world in general, and I really appreciated it. It's a really good movie. Yeah. I mean, it had its problems. I mean, if we did an episode on it, it had problems. It had problems, but (laughs) just, the first time I saw it, like, everything was just overlooked, because it just, it made me feel so great. Like, it was almost seeing the fucking cartoon there. And I think that's like the first thing that kind of drew me to it. 
It, the animatronics in it are really mm-hmm. lifelike. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Those animatronics are freaking great. Mm-hmm. They didn't make the art style of the comics and of the TV show. They didn't do a disservice to those. Yeah. It didn't take away from them. It kind of added to them, which is always really great to see. Um, when you go from 2D to 3D, it's kind of hard to not take away from one or the other. Mm-hmm. And somehow Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles kind of just didn't didn't hurt any of them yeah they just all work together and it's perfectly fine in my mind yeah no, it didn't it change did. the art style of anything it made it freaking great and like that's what like marvel's doing now too mm-hmm. this kind of thing is like their cartoons and shows are on a different style of the comics and on a different style of the movies yet they all freaking blend together perfectly i don't know some of those like with the big heads and stuff, like the cheapified versions of them, yeah. I feel like they're doing a disservice, artistically, specifically. The only one that I know of that does that is Ultimate Spider-Man cartoon. There, that's the one that I'm thinking And of. that's like him doing his own like internal monologuing BS, good angel, you know, devil thing. I just disagree with it on an artistic I'm, basis. I'm not a fan of it either. I just don't really like it. Honestly, I'm not a fan of it. I, the first time it happened, I was just like, what the hell's going on here? And why are we doing this shit? Like, because in the 94 cartoons, I know I'm freaking comparing apples to oranges over here. And so, like, I'm not trying to say, you know, well, oh, what's com- great. You're comparing apples to oranges when we're trying to talk about fucking corn over here. Mm-hmm. All right. So, let's... I was saying, like, when they had his internal monologuing, there was no, like, angel devil weird thing pop up. It was just him internal internally monologuing. I don't know. I just feel like they're dumbing down the character. And given that Spider-Man, for example, mm-hmm. is a very complex character, um, anytime that they dumb him down to that extent, I don't appreciate. It makes me slightly offended. Yeah. You know? And I don't even like Spider-Man. Yeah. But it's like, I mean, because they do it to Batman, they do it to Superman... I just, I really hate the dumbing down of these great characters that have these rich, complex stories. Mm-hmm. And then and then to make the artistic version of them, the visual aspect of them, also dumbed down. Makes me, like, super... Open arms. A little... Yeah. Especially since, like, the comic book genre has its own artistic style. And I understand they don't really transfer over very well to an animation style, necessarily. But things like Batman animated in the animated series did it... 100% of the time and it was great. They dumbed it down a little bit because you kind of have to. You can't have the the same shading and the same ways that they have facial expressions in comic books. You can't do that in a in an animation style. Mm-hmm. It's too complex, it's too hard to do, you know, it's too much work to put into it. I get that. But I mean, I can't expect everybody to be a Jim Lee, is that his name? Mhm. I don't expect everybody to be Jim Lee or Alan Moore. You know what I mean? Like those are very over-the-top kind of animations. Well, I say animations, but what I mean is drawing styles. Mm -hmm. And I don't expect that. Especially not in an animated show, which is supposed to be for kids. Mm. But I kind of feel stupid having them be for kids. Because some of these moral questions that they're dealing with, even in a children's show, is kind of like, what are you doing doing this in a children's show? You know what I mean? I don't know. I don't... The point that I'm trying to make is I don't agree with... The dumbing down, both visually and storytelling-wise, of the comic book genre for a younger audience. I disagree with it. Yeah. It's it's literally a money-making machine, and I don't like it. 
Because they're they're, they're making their money. Because they're they're robbing they're robbing the the artist. You know what I mean? They're robbing the artistic medium of graphic novels, of comic books, of of all of that. And I don't I don't like it. Mm-hmm. I'm going on a fun soapbox, and this is supposed to be your episode, so I am sorry. <laughs> Let me stop myself there. Before we went off on our rant about cartoons, like getting dumbed down and everything, I was saying that the movie, the movies, and the cartoons. And the comics worked perfectly together. Yo, Sajio Jimbo. Don't you use Sajio Jimbo me? I'm not a samurai rabbit, though I wish he would have had an appearance. Anyway. In the movies. Anyway. <laughs> anyway, going back to Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, it's great how the movies and the cartoons and the comics all freaking mingled without hurting each other. Yeah, it's great. Mm-hmm. What, um,. Did you have anything else you wanted to talk about? When did you see it for the first time? I saw it about two years after it came out, because it came out in 1990. So mm-hmm. yeah, I saw it like 92. And then I saw Secret of the Ooze after that. Secret, secret of the Ooze, 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 Ooze. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, and so, yeah. Alicia, where did they come up with this stuff? Where did they come up with this stuff? God, your, <laughs> your impression is so like impeccable. I can't get over it. Do you, like, practice it every time you watch it? Or? I do not. I mean, I know you you quote along with it, but I don't know. You just, you're just good at that accent? I guess. It's great. It's a great accent. You do it really well. Anyway. It's hard done enough. <laughs> okay, so Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. What else is next? What's next? After that will be an American tale, Fifle Goes West. Okay, that's a weird, you know, one to the next. Yeah. All right. I know that... I know that we sing, uh, we're a duo to each other quite often. Yes. <laughs> um, that's fun. It's probably my favorite thing to do with you. Guys, I don't know if you knew this or not. Me and Lewis are kind of nerds. <laughs> we do things like sing musicals to each other. <laughs> I'm okay with this. <laughs> I'm completely fine with it. Yeah, this one I saw, I think I saw it, like, just randomly on like HBO or some shit. Oh, Mr. Rich Kid who had HBO. It's a joke. Like it was just like a random on TV kind of thing. And I saw this before I saw the first American Tale movie. Oh, you saw the second before the first. Mm -hmm. Okay, great. Yeah. So, but... Is this the one that has the pigeons in the Statue of Liberty? That's the first one. Mm -hmm. Oh man, these two movies run together. But... (laughs) This is the one where they're going from after settling in New York for like a year or whatever to venture out into the frontier side because now we're industrializing the rest of the world. Or North America, I should say. Hashtag America. So now they're going to head, you know, find that land of opportunity that they were hoping for when they first arrived. Keep looking for it, kids. We've been looking for it for 200 years. Mm-hmm. And so now they figure, like, in this way out place called Green River is the place that's going to do it. Dom DeLuise's character of Tiger became known as a god to a Native American mouse village because some weird prophecy of a giant rock that looked like him being hung up on a roast, like a freaking roasting pit uh-huh. over like the moonlight uh-huh. yeah why not <laughs> sure let's just rob an entire culture and make them into a cartoon that's fine that's what we do right yeah we've done it many times hashtag marica mm-hmm. we'll watch old looney tunes cartoons and shit oh no did i go to bleeding heart liberal for you guys <laughs> i'll cut it out <laughs> 
Remember Powerpuff Girls? Totally. Remember the Loved lady it. that did the vo- the voice of Blossom? Yeah. She does the voice of Drinking Fivefold's sister in that one. Oh, man, she's got a great singing voice then. Mm-hmm. It's one of my favorite scenes in this movie is mm-hmm. when Fivefold is running away from the spider dude while the sister is singing her introductory song to the cats in the saloon. Mm-hmm. It's the best. <laughs> it's the best scene in this whole movie. I don't think I really have like a favorite part of the movie, though. Like, I just like the whole movie in general. It's it's great. It's the first time I was actually able to find that there was an animation, like a move, uh, animated movie that wasn't done by Disney. That's true. This movie is not done by by Disney. Mm-hmm. It's weird. It is weird. Yeah, I like, didn't know. No? Uh-uh. Yeah. I guess it was the first time I saw it, too. I was like, oh, that's cool. And then I found out later on, like, it is not a Disney movie. I'm like, what? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And I found like like Don Blue films. There's lots of them. Yeah, so. and you were you were talking about that the the way that the animals are anthropomorphized mm-hmm. is different. Do you want to talk about that, or you just want to go to your next movie? Yeah, I mean it's like the the difference in their mannerisms and like their whole art style too is different from that from freaking Disney is. Like even with the an original one like Robin Hood, mm-hmm. the Disney's Robin Hood, it looks completely different. And the way they maneuver around is different. Even in, like, the small fucking the rabbits and shit like that. It's different than how Fifel and Tiger and all them act and move. I feel like they act more like the voice actors would. They who? That was an unclear sentence. Sorry. The characters in Fifel Goes West. They act more like the voice actors would. Like, you could see the voice actors. Yeah, I can, I can see like where, you, where you're coming from with that. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. That's interesting. Um, okay, so what number is that? Number seven, I think? Yeah, yeah it's about like number okay, seven. Okay, so what's number eight? Number eight would go to... Well, I mean, you know, we're not doing this in any particular order, but, yeah. you know, we've already done seven, so yeah. this would be the eighth one that we're doing. Yeah. The next chronologically would be Jackie Chan's First Strike, also known as Police Story 4, First Strike, which I did not know that and recently found that out. Recently, and... as in you were doing research for this podcast and found it out? Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> Yes, that's <laughs> what I mean by recently. I just really like throwing you off your game every once in a while when you try and bullshit. It's the high point of the marriage to me. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> this was the first kind of like foreign action film that I saw. Sorry, like it, it's not made here in the U.S. and it's not done by like an American studio. It's not, you know, portrayed with American actors. And you'd never seen one like that before? I've never seen one like this before. So Jackie Chan is the reason why you got into Bruce Lee? Yes, Jackie Chan was my reason to get into Bruce Lee and all those freaking great kung fu movies. That's great. Mm-hmm. I would have never guessed. Well, Jackie Chan worked with Bruce Lee multiple times. Well, I know, but I would have <laughs> never guessed that Jackie Chan is the reason why you started getting into it. Yeah. I would think, I don't know, some random movie. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Actually, funny thing though, my first like martial arts film that I saw... I believe, well, I don't know. It wasn't kickboxing. I think it was something with Cynthia Rothrock. I have no idea who that is. She is a female martial artist. Kicks everybody's ass. Everybody's ass. Mm-hmm. I really hope that the sound of your bracelet comes through because mm-hmm. it would be really funny for people to know with 100% certainty <laughs> that you're doing the Z motion with your hand by the sound that your bracelet makes. Let's hope so. <laughs> but yeah, this one was like the first one that like kind of just threw me into like all this amazing work and everything that he does just for him himself as fight choreographer stuntman 
you know, star, and he's also directed a few of his films as well. Right. It's freaking amazing. It came out the same year with this as Mystery Science Theater 3000, the movie. One of my favorites, and I'm actually kind of mm-hmm. mad that you took this. You can still talk about I your just... favorite things about it. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Like, I kind of blame on what we were talking about. The funny thing that you bring it up that, you know, part of your top ten and everything is I didn't actually get to see this movie until me and you got together. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I think I had only seen it, like, maybe once or twice before you and I got together. Mm-hmm. And I saw it on TV. No. And I don't I don't even remember. Why did we get it? Because Hollywood Video was closing? Yeah. And we just grabbed that whole bunch of movies? We, we grabbed a whole bunch. And we made sure, like, this was on the top of the list, though, because we were, like, we're, we're pretty sure it's there. Yeah. It's great. Mm-hmm. We fell asleep to this movie. So many times. <laughs> For like the first year of our relationship, we fell asleep to this movie. <laughs> and then it was the producers in the second year. Do mm-hmm. you remember? <laughs> yes, I remember. <laughs> Two great movies, though. <sighs> At least I didn't fall asleep to a bad movie. <laughs> People would argue that Mystery Science Theater 3000, the movie, is actually a terrible movie. It's regarded as one of the worst of all of the Mystery Science Theater movies episodes there mm-hmm. episodes <laughs> I, don't, I don't see why i mean i think it's hilarious yeah fucking great like i've seen some of the episodes and everything on sci-fi mm-hmm. you know, beforehand and i was just like this this is amazing like what, yeah what else do they do lance and i used to watch mystery science theater a lot when mm-hmm. we were high because it's like the perfect show to mm-hmm. watch when you're high because it's literally what you do when you're high <laughs> And also is the main driving reason behind why I'm so comfortable talking during movies. Mm. Unless it's like a really good movie and it's the first time we're seeing it. Um, and I don't talk during during movies at movie theaters. It's only yeah. when we're here at home. And we've seen the movie before that yeah. really I'll talk. But we talk all the time during movies. And we actively make fun of movies. Yes. And for me, it's because of Mystery Science Theater 2000. <laughs> And I think for you, it's because I do it, that you've started adapting it as part of what you do. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know, just do it. (laughs) All day, every day. Just do it, kids. And then that that ultimately is what started leading up to this podcast, is that we'll sit there when we watch a movie for the second or third time. um, Start picking it apart. We'll pick it apart. 100%. (laughs) Didn't you just say this? What are you talking about? That doesn't make any sense. Mm -hmm. We do it all the time. Um, We're really annoying to watch movies with, by the way. (laughs) Unless it's a movie you've seen multiple times. Yeah. Usually, if we're going to watch a movie with somebody, I'll be I'll warn them. Yeah. Um, is it going to bother you if I talk? Because I talk a lot during movies. Uh, and if somebody says, yeah, that would bother me a little bit, I'll be like, okay, I won't talk. And I'll just whisper to you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's it. Like, That's it. Who knows? Mm-hmm. I do. I'm, I'm aware <laughs> of the fact that I do it, and I'm trying to be you know, nice to people. Can you trying to be conscientious about it. But yeah. Mr. Science Theater. Okay. And then what's next? The last thing is a more recent film, and that's Two Guns. I love this movie. <laughs> I'm trying to find a level of how much we laugh during this movie. I don't, I don't know what the level is. And then when, when that chicken scene happens, when they have the chicken buried up to its neck, and Marky Mark has this thing where he like, He's making fun of this guy who can't shoot the chicken's head off and all this junk. Dude, at least give the chicken a chance to shoot back. <laughs> <laughs> Lewis quotes that all of the time. Not, okay, I say all the time, but what I mean is like in, in particular instances. <laughs> like when you and Lance, Lance is my brother. He was on the podcast, if you don't remember him. Um, when you guys were playing Army of Two, 
which is a co-op game um, where you have two players that are trying to achieve the missions that it's pretty much the attitude of two guns. Mm-hmm. You guys quote this movie to each other. <laughs> yeah, because I have to give him shit. Give him the wink because he's my bitch now. <laughs> Most of the time, like, that's what it is because I have to tell him, look, go over the fuck over there. Go do this thing. Yeah. I'll meet you on this side. Like, you take this path. I'll take this yeah. path. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Lance is, Lance is a, a natural leader, but he's not a very good strategist. Mm-hmm. Um, you have an advantage over him when it comes to strategy. And I have a... Oh, a higher advantage. Way over huge everybody. advantage over the two of you. And and even then, I'm like <laughs> seven billionth in the world. So <laughs> that's just giving guys a reference point for how bad we are at strategy. <laughs> yeah, strategize. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> When we first saw this, though, like it was just like a great fucking action comedy kind of movie. Mm-hmm. And then I found out that it was also a comic book movie, too. And I was like, what the fuck? Yeah. It was fucking ridiculous. Mm-hmm. And just the way that they played off each other just mm-hmm. worked so goddamn well. Because you wouldn't... Ex- I mean, it's kind of tough to expect it as Marky Mark being like the super fucking just off the wall one and Denzel being the straight man like in the big hit right like he'll have a few things there that you know you kind of laugh about Uh but not many yeah I mean he did that show and and he's been on several like SNL episodes and stuff like we know he's funny yeah but so's Denzel like it's just unexpected you're completely right you wouldn't expect Denzel to be the straight man Mm -hmm. in this relationship I don't know I don't know man say hello to your mother for me (laughs) Hey, Andy, I don't like the way you talked about me like that. Hey, how you doing? Say hello to your mother for me. <laughs> <laughs> and Lewis, all the damn time, whenever I'm upset about something, like, not legitimately angry, but when I'm upset, you know, and just ranting and raving about something that I don't actually care about, mm-hmm. Lewis will be, <laughs> Lewis will use his Marky Mark voice. Hey, I understand that you're having a difficult time right now, so I'm going to talk to you. <laughs> In a calm, concise manner to let you know <laughs> I know what you're going through. Hey, all right? So we're going to keep it calm here? I love you. <laughs> I love you too. So that's it. Those are my moves. Cool. That was easy. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So if you agree with some of the things I like and you know you like them as well, mm-hmm. get on you. Mm-hmm. And if you think that I'm a big dork and you don't agree with anything I say, mm-hmm. Good on you. <laughs> you can send all of your um, ranting and ravings about how wrong Lewis is about any of these at uh, our Twitter, our Instagram, our Facebook, or our Gmail, mm-hmm. all of which are questions we have at whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Um, next week, we're going to talk about my top 10. Mm-hmm. Actually, it's going to be this coming Sunday because this is going to be posted late. Because mm. we got lazy and we just didn't we just didn't do the episode. That's all it is. Mm. It happens. We're st- we're still digesting our ribs from ribs giving. Those ribs were good. They were good. And then um, we're gonna talk about my top ten on Sunday, and then the week after that is when we're doing Die Hard. I don't think right? so. I think that's right. And then after that, that's the week before the week before Christmas. I think yes. that's what it is. And that's exactly it. Um, so yeah. Yeah. So Christmas Day, we're not posting anything because it's Christmas Day. Mm-hmm. Mm. But just know, just know, we'll be here. 
watching Die Hard again because that's our Christmas movie. Oh, yeah. Hashtag Christmas. Hashtag Bruce Willis. You know, it's just not Christmas until we see Hans Gruber falling off of a building. That's true. Yippee-ki-yay. 